Hey everyone, and welcome to another edition of Naked and Inside Out. It's Janine and Cynthia here with Wadey G of the G-List Society. Woo! <laughs> welcome, Wadey. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. No prob. So, kind of give us a quick intro bio, what you do, where it all started. Cool. Well, I'm Wadey G, and I am the blogger, creator, executive producer, all that of the G-List Society glistsociety.com and um, I call it my love of urban pop, urban queer, and urban social cultures. Now being a blogger for what, 10 years as of August 2015 and for the first 7 years I was about pop culture. I love pop culture love music, all that stuff. But by around like 2010 I gave it up a little bit because for 2 years prior to that I'm you know, out. I'm, you know, I'm a gay man and I love being in my community and stuff. And I really wanted to be some kind of concierge, some like letting people know what's going on in my community when I lived in Chicago because now I live in Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. So I, I started dibbling, dabbling, putting some little information and events going on in the community, was losing some viewers here and there, like, oh, like they gay stuff. But what did, I didn't care because then there were people who appreciated it. Took some time off. Well, in 2010, when I took time off, I thought of the G-List, and I couldn't trademark it because it was already taken by some porn site in Brazil. Oh, God. (laughs) Right. So, I'm like, what can I add to the G-List? Because I love the G-List because my last name is Grant, begins with a G, and I always say I'm more exclusive than the (laughs) A-List. So, what can I do to keep the G-List? And I asked society, because... (laughs) <laughs> for the first time I'm saying it in public I took it from a friend's name from his special events because his I think it was called High Society or something uh, and I said you know what society I love that so G-List Society and I came up with that stuck with it I um, started it in December 2011 and okay. carried it on ever since and um just with that platform in particular, you know how, especially in the LGBT community, when we identify with that, we want to fill in for our voices and stuff. Absolutely. So even though I say I do rap, urban pop, urban queer, urban social, because I am a black man and I am a gay man, I really felt like people who look like me weren't represented well enough. And I felt like, you know what, be the change that I want to be. So I wanted to give a little bit more positivity and empowerment to them, but still have that broad base of LGBTQ and then what I love about urban pop and urban social cultures. Absolutely. I love it. Like when you're pulling these articles or like information for your site, like what kind of inspiration are you looking to see? Like where are you getting this information? Well, as far as like the daily news stuff, um, I do that when I can because even though it's kind of quick for me the way I post those kind of stories, I I don't want to give my secret. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I will say this. There are certain people in the LGBT community, regardless of, you know, male, female, black, white, um, anywhere from Caitlyn Jenner to Lee Daniels to... Um, Tim Gunn, you know, those are the people that I look for, they're who we all know, they're all the degenerates and uh, one of the sites, that they have a large following. And in our community, we do look for those people as inspiration and stuff, even even to the mainstream, they're very few, mm-hmm. but whether we're in New York City, Chicago, we know a whole lot more, but I still just want to 
capture those who are represented in the mainstream and say, hey, this is what um, Rosie O'Donnell is doing positively because we know she's going through a lot of drama stuff right now. Yeah. But we look at um, my guy from Scandal, the guy who plays Huck. I can't remember his name, but I love his character oh, on Scandal. Yeah. Kind of crazy. But, you know, <laughs> as far as other stuff that he's doing, yeah. this is what he has going on. Neil Patrick Harris, Jesse Smollett, all of these people. That's what I do as, as far as the daily news. But what I learned being in the community, and I know we'll probably talk more about my involvement since fully in 2004. There, there are so many people. Like, you know, there's the three of us. We're not in people.com. We're not in, you know, the big mainstream media. Some And even people like us sometimes are not even featured in what we consider mainstream LGBT publications. But I feel like, you know what, if I know you guys, which I would love to feature you. Or my I was just going to say, it's like the same, yes. same type of... <laughs> so I feel yeah. like that's my responsibility, not just because I say so, I'm not an activist, it's just it's my passion. And so exactly. I'm living my passion and I'm being the change that I want to see. So when you sort of started getting all these ideas for the GILA Society, I'm sure it was very overwhelming, right? You're wearing oh, many God, hats. Yes. Like, really, how did you begin? Like, you just kind of just started with sort of a website and just got a following and just built it based on that following? Like, what and like what was going through your mind through all this? Because I feel like it's such an exciting thing, but there's also a lot of steps that go into it, right? You're right. A lot of steps, a lot of emotional steps. Because at first, when I started blogging back in 2005, I did it because I was living in Chicago at the time. One of my friends, Eric from New York, still living in New York, visited me and he introduced me to a blog and Blog. What is this? I know this is like pre before everyone has a blog. Right, you know how like I, mean, we, I have a blog. Yeah, you know how like when everybody got some gets on Facebook and MySpace and all this stuff. Who's the first one to jump in? And usually when those people jump in, everybody's looking at that person crazily. Yeah. And so with me, Eric shows me about this blog. Oh yeah, my friends in New York, we're doing this. I'm thinking, oh okay. I love to write, love to express myself. But you guys are writing about yourselves. Yeah. Mm, that seems a bit tasking for me, mm-hmm. but also, too, a little intrusive because not that I have so much to hide about me, I'm not that person where it's about me, me, me. I yeah. like to give platforms to other people. I love to tell, I love to brag about everybody else but me. Yeah, you know I got what I mean? <laughs> so, so, you feel me? Yes. So, I do. so with that said, I started looking at other blogs, and sorry for giving you a history, but I'm looking at other blogs, and I noticed much more like the urban pop culture blogs, you know, like um, at that time it was Crunkin, Distastical, whatever their name was, Concrete Loop, all that stuff, where they featured like R&B music, hip hop music, and I, those are my loves. I love music. I love, you know, jazz and all of that stuff, and, you know, pop. And so I was like, oh, wow, I could talk about my taste in that. Oh, there's a new, let's say there's a new Janet Jackson record. Okay, let me talk about that. There's a new Justin Timberlake record. Let me talk about that. Or did I go to this concert? Let me talk about that. So that stuff was interesting to me. And then I saw the whole gossip wave beginning. And then I got on that at the beginning. 
and was getting like hundreds of thousands of views a day and started making ad revenue and stuff like that but that was not my true voice yeah i hated it and at the same time because of the attention that i was getting with publicists and uh, and, you know other people within the industry which i could talk about which celebrities have you know shouted me out and really looked out for me because of me blogging about their music and stuff it showed me that wow people are really paying attention even though i saw with my own traffic but certain kind of people and i had to be careful about the content because these are relationships i could build yeah and if i'm doing all of this gossipy stuff like the wendy williams and such then that could turn people off Mm -hmm. so now i'm like I can't curse. Cluster F. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put the explicit. Yes. Before we do a little bleep. Yes, Cluster F. And I'm thinking, oh gosh, what do I do? You know, because, yeah, that's not even really my true voice. But then that was 2005. So by like 2008, when I'm mm-hmm. really going out in the LGBT community in Chicago and also planning my own events as well. And supporting other people's, I'm like, I love this stuff. Yeah, I can't put it in here. And as a writer, you guys are content creators. So as content creators, whether you've drawn up a script for a show or a blog or even a book or a movie, there's some kind of like depressing feeling when you feel like you can't fully express your true voice and what you really want to say because you might offend certain people. But anyways. It got to that point when, and I'm I'm fast forwarding because I don't want to bore you to death. But <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, it is good to know like the history because I feel like so many people have a blog and want a blog and want it to like reach the successful rate that yours has. So it's like, how do I make this happen? How do I get to these steps? Like, what voice do I do have, have in the world with this? I mean, and you found yours, which is amazing. I found mine, but at the beginning, but, I thought I found it. Yeah. It's just like, I was going with what I liked uh-huh. and what I felt was really hot and popping at the same time. Yeah. Because where I'm at now in the G list is what I really like. So how do I get from what I like a little bit and then what I figure what is popping and was getting me attention to where I'm really expressing what I like. And with that said, it was um, 2010. I spent a year up here in New York in between um, jobs in Chicago. I'm meeting people, getting getting their advice and stuff and getting their feedback on what I should do. And I just took a break because I said, I'm not happy. I don't like gossip. I don't like celebrity gossip. I read it. Sometimes (laughs) Sometimes <laughs> it's a bit annoying too, but I don't like to be the reporter of it. And then on top of that, I wasn't even doing that much of urban pop culture anymore because then urban pop culture was considered gossip. But then when I wanted to talk about, oh, guess what? There's this um, LGBT event. Let's just throw out there like, um, was it the human human equality campaign uh-huh. or? You know, or some, some such and such Black Pride in Baltimore or Chicago, something like that. I felt like, okay, even though I'm okay with talking about it, I knew I was going to lose viewers. So I had to get to that point where I was so passionate about that, but I had to be okay with losing the people who didn't want to hear that uh-huh. and gaining the people who wanted to hear that. That's, I mean, that's so interesting. Like, 
did you get any negative feedback or I mean I would say you know like that's a big risk and struggle that you know you took to say this is you know like my passion project and this is what I really want this to be I mean what kind of feedback did you get not so much feedback as in direct towards me, but mm-hmm. more so a decline in viewers. the following. Yeah. Well, viewers, because I wouldn't even call them following. Yeah. Because by the time I started throwing LGBT content, I wasn't getting the subscribers. But let's say I remember one of my biggest stories ever was um, one of my friends attended a church up here in New York, and um, it was some big pastor slash gospel singer mm-hmm. that's well known in America got caught up in a divorce scandal where his wife caught him with a trans woman and I'm like whoa wait a minute you sharing this with me and hasn't got out to the other outlets yet so I grilled my source cause I'm like I can't put this out there this is a lie yeah. I might get sued and I'm like how come you know Media Takeout and Boss Up, all these other sites that have millions of viewers a day, and you're sending this to me. He's like, cuz, he's like, I, I like you, you come on, I believe in what you do. So I posted it, I stepped out on faith. <laughs> you're <laughs> like, send, send, yes. <laughs> do, right? I stayed away from my computer for almost an entire day. Oh my God. <laughs> and I got so much hate mail from oh, the quote unquote wow. Christians and death threats and. <gasps> Yeah, but I wasn't scared. I actually liked it because I said, well, people are paying attention. They're responding, right? They're responding, but at the same time, this is not what I want to do. Because, mind you, I have certain content ever since I started the G-List where it was controversial, where I wouldn't say I outed anybody, and that I wouldn't even consider outing because the business was out there. But more so, I do get the credit for outing, but and we could talk about that another time. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) you know, like I've talked about some controversial things in the community where I felt like as we in the community are taken advantage of, Mm -hmm. and I will put that out there and say, no, I don't care if it happens within the community or from someone outside the community, I'm calling it out. Yeah. You know, so I've done those kinds of things, but I didn't want to do it in a gossipy way. And I felt like something like that, even though that was well before I had my, you know, come to Jesus, you know, change of heart moment. But as far as just moving on to the G list, Mm -hmm. that wasn't until late 2011 where I felt okay of having most of my content being LGBT related. And even now in 2015, I'll be completely honest with you too, that sometimes I still find it a challenge to still be that voice because I've had, you know, my other passions are in my love of music, my love of urban culture, love of, you know, going out in city life and stuff. And I feel like because I relate to my community much more, you might see that much more content. So people say, oh, you're a gay blogger or you're in the LGBT community. I'm like, yes, but uh, I'm all of this stuff well, too. too. That goes yeah. with labeling too. And I mean, like, if you go to the website, I mean, you have the different categories. So depending on who your traffic is, what they want to see, they can easily navigate it. Another one of the really interesting things about the website is that you host events. 
Yeah. So, I mean, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like, what do you do? Where is it held? Who's invited? <laughs> Uh, I do you need to be, is it inclusive to do I know. this? I have to, I have to, yeah, I mean, you know what? I have to do a G-list exclusive. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, well, okay, let's say this. Um, so I started the blogging in 2005. And then I've been involved in the community for a very long time. But I would say more so since 2004. My first experience or whatever was in 1998 Mm -hmm. but really being serious about the community since 2004 in my own way so yeah 2005 it just it was pretty much accidental how I did it because I was turning 29 I'm not a person who's really about celebrating my birthdays but because how I was feeling about life overcame a surgery that I thought I had something cancerous, which wasn't cancer. It was, they couldn't find what was wrong. But great, you know, that nothing was wrong. So, you know, for me, after that surgery um, at 28 and a half, I was, hey, high on life. So when I got closer to 29, I'm thinking, you know, maybe I could celebrate in some way and, Okay, have a little party at a friend's house. One of my friends is like, oh, have it here. You know, I was surprised to have friends who open their doors and say, have it at my house. I'm like, okay. Because I had a one-bedroom apartment. I'm like, All right, there's no way I can I could invite five people. Exactly, okay. about exclusivity. Yeah. So, fortunately, I had the friends with the either the house or the three-bedroom apartment say, hey, invite your friends here. And then I noticed, like, how people really wanted to come. I didn't think I was that guy, to You're be honest. popular. I, you know, <laughs> like, that was new to me. And, and as far as um, being in the gay social scene, because although for years before then I was comfortable in my sexuality, I just was... I was okay being in the background of the background of the social scene. Yeah. So when I started being in the foreground, it was kind of, can I handle this? <laughs> I mean, do I, I, typically, unless I'm blogging or producing something, yeah. I don't like being in the spotlight. But um, but I love being on the show because I do love to talk. So <laughs> and listeners, hey, I'm running my mouth. I know. So that's what I love to do. <laughs> But yeah, so it started off with doing small parties, and it went from my birthday parties to, um, what it was in December, potluck parties for the holidays. Um, I had this thing called the Sunday Before New Year's Party, and it was by accident because I always had a, I always had a party the Sunday Before New Year's, so I just <laughs> named it that, the Sunday Before <laughs> New perfect. Year's. Then nobody forgets what it is. Exactly. <laughs> even with the even with the um potluck party. party. Yeah, first Friday in December, the potluck party. And um my um what was it? The black party, the February oh, that Saturday after Valentine's Day, the white party well the white party switched around. But uh <laughs> now I won't get into all that. But uh but needless to say, one party rolled into the next, into the next. But my two signature events were the white party and the black party. For our friends, specifically in Chicago, with my friend Duran, um, much love to him. I got to make sure he listens. Is um, we did our pilot party in December together, and it just it just grew and grew and grew to the point where the venues grew, and I was that kid in Chicago got 
if a new hotel rooftop opened, I was the first pretty much ever, if not one of the first to have that venue. So I was very fortunate. And what relationships I've built. Yeah, so then that was Chicago. Here in New York, people keep asking me, oh, when you going to throw a major event in New York or a party? I said, I'm doing it the same way I've done it in Chicago. New York, I've only been here since... January 2014. This is October. Oh, wow. Yeah, so October 2015. So now it's been two years. Yeah. (laughs) So my whole thing is I still survey where I'm around, meet people because, like, let's say I did something last year. I didn't meet you guys last year. So, you know, exactly. Where were we? So, no, that's what I'm saying is like I like to connect and build with people as much as possible before I put stuff like that together because. Even when I was living in Chicago, my events were quote unquote jip for the general public. But as a person who really did this by accident, I love being around the people I know where the energy on both ways is really positive. Yeah, I mean, that's just who I am. But it just grew so big that I was really surprised at the love and attention that I get. Even to this day as a blogger, when like you guys reached out to me, it's still a surprise. <laughs> I And people look at me like, why are you surprised? You really worked your tail off. I said, because I didn't do this for the, you know, the, the love and support. This is, yeah, this is my passion. So when people appreciate that, I don't care if this is your second time telling me this, your first time, or you're the 10,000th person or the first person. I still am surprised because I'm like, wow, thank you. We appreciate you. (laughs) Thank you. We think you're doing great things. I'll tell you a thousand times. (laughs) Thank you. you. And I will be surprised each and every time. Seriously. Do you find since you've been in New York that you've met a lot of like-minded people in the LGBT community versus in Chicago? Or is it a little bit different? I love that question because yes, 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 yes. And let me clarify what like-minded is because... I don't want friends in Chicago or other people in, whether (laughs) you're in New York, Chicago, get that twisted the wrong way. (laughs) What I mean by like-minded is one of the reasons why I moved to New York is because I really, I mean, I have a full-time job and I do other things outside of blogging where, you know, I have an income, but my passion is in this. My passion is to be, I call myself a concierge to the community, (laughs) um, besides a blogger. You know, I like to tell people what's going on. Hey, you want an event to go to? Go here. If it's published on my blog, otherwise I'm not going to try to remember. But other than that, yeah, let me tell you what's going on. Let me tell you who has a podcast. Let me tell you who has a magazine, all of this other stuff. So when I came to New York, I had people who I was really cool with, and mind you, I'm approaching 40 next year. And as I'm learning, as I get older, I really get joy out of people I really have things in common with. Mm -hmm. And as a person who, you know, who loves to express himself, I'm a writer, I'm a content creator. I love to be around other content creators, other writers, other people who express themselves because you get it. Yeah. I don't have to explain, you know, such and such. Or if I didn't make money off of this opportunity, I don't need to explain what kind of other opportunities I got from that. I don't need to explain 
why I'm spending so many hours to get something done or why I'm taking a Saturday off to do blog updates and all of this other stuff. Yeah. And I have my closest friends of 10 plus years. Shout out to Lawrence, Christopher, all of you guys. Yeah. Um, you know, Aristotle, let me not forget him too. Uh, yeah. my, th- my trinity. Um, you know, they've got it. And they saw it in me before I saw it in me. So that's why I appreciate them. They're not content creators. They're not writers. They're creators. Well, actually, a couple of them are creators in different ways, but not in the same vein as I am. And they never questioned me. In fact, Lawrence pushes me even to the point where he thought it was. I was so upset with him because he <laughs> yelled at me about missing an opportunity. But I did not come to New York to be around and meet people who don't get it. Yeah. You know, like you guys get it. You're content creators. Not only just content creators, but content creators within the LGBT community because you see a similar void as I do. You decide to feature people like me. Mm-hmm. So, with that said, those are the people that I desire to be around here in New York. And I'm very happy about the few that I've been so far since I've been living here in 2014 and even 2015, too. The other part of me living in New York that it wasn't in my plan, but I'm glad it's happening. I'm having the time of my life. Yes. But at the same time, I also have this mission. And it's just great to have those kind of like-minded people. You need the support. Absolutely. I mean, we all work so hard everywhere. I mean... I want to say specifically in New York. I think we're a little crazy and cuckoo sometimes. But. <laughs> That's great. Um, overachiever. That. I get, no, I get, I get. But you know what? Overachiever to everybody outside of New York. New York, we hustle. New yeah. York, you I mean, have to. Especially yeah. okay. in our niche. Mm-hmm. You know, when we put LGBT, and then let's just say if you decided to do just women only, so you added a smaller niche and you keep narrowing down. Which is down. even more difficult. Yeah, so you that. have to do more work. Yeah. You know, because we're talking about the demographics of direct reach being smaller and smaller, even though, yes, we want bigger and bigger, but think about it. If we put ourselves to LGBT, the L, the G, the B, yeah. the T, the white, the black, the Asian, the Latin, the trans, all of this stuff. I understand we want to reach the people who we want to reach that are direct. Mm-hmm. But we did not do this just for that and that's our passion. We also want our voices to be global. Yeah. So we have to work harder. Absolutely. To everybody else, like to my dad and stuff. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Oh. <laughs> You're still doing that? Yes, I'm still doing that. Wait, as do what you gotta do. Do what you gotta do. do. And see, I'm glad I'm talking to two content creators who get that and who hear the same thing. It's like, what? And they're like, okay, whatever makes you happy. Yeah. Yes, but guess what? When we win our awards or when we double our viewership and double our blog hits and our um, podcast listeners, they still might not get it, but we get it. Yeah. You know, know. six months from now when it everything increases or somebody stops you on the street and say, Thank you. Yeah. Or somebody emails you on Facebook and says, Thank you. Exactly. And it's been really like reassuring. I mean, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback. We're still so brand new, so I mean, not to plug, but brand new and necessary. (laughs) Rate us, give us feedback. (laughs) But I mean, I'm gonna make sure sharing it. Sharing it like 
honestly, everyone's had a great reaction, whether it's like LGBT community or like allies or uh, honestly, everyone we've talked Talk to, to about it, it is like, oh, that's so awesome. You know, and like they want to listen. So, well, especially because like I think everyone goes through these same issues, right? But no one's really talking about it or no one talks about like the struggles they face. And it's like, Maybe there's younger LGBT youth, like, going through something, and they're like, wow, look, like, this person persevered, and, you know, and it just gives them that sense of sort of, like, encouragement, right? Because we're so used to glamorizing everything that we don't talk about the hard work, mm-hmm. even as a um, event producer, blogger, and a lot of the opportunities that I've gotten, people think that, oh, I got it because I have an attractive personality, not just because I do have a very attractive personality, <laughs> but I have the proven track record. And mind you, this is 2015, and I've been doing this since 2005. Yeah. The first persons that even paid attention to me that could give me an opportunity beyond what I was typing and spending a few hours a day typing one little post, that wasn't until late 2008. So you're talking about from August 2005 to late 2008, not even really seeing the full value of what this is, except for when I was doing the gossip. And I was copying and pasting some of the gossip that I was getting from some of the other sites that were bigger than me just so I could get some of their traffic. But by the time I became my own voice, and surprisingly, the person who I met Christy Harbor, love you. You're still you're one of my favorite divas to this day. <laughs> She's a publicist in Chicago, and um, I met her through a mutual acquaintance. Yeah. And when she's like, oh, wow, you're a blogger, and I want to bring you to this event, and oh, I see you, wow, mingling with these kind of people. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm just mingling with these um, TV stars because at, sh- at the time we had some big show called Noah's Ark mm-hmm. on Logo. And I didn't know that I was talking to a manager of the main star and all of this stuff. I'm just being myself. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So when people saw me carrying myself that way and saw that I could add content about them, they saw the value of me before I did. Yeah. And I was just so appreciative of it. And that's why I say to this day, Pup, when you're content creators, when you're media, we're media. Publicists are your best friends because they look out for you. But it went from her and then the first famous person who saw what I did because um, I positively critiqued one of his songs that I don't even know if it was a single. It just leaked. And that was Jermaine Dupree. And then and then I'll tell you this, too. Like, this is no lie at all. People were like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. But in 2007, okay, remember our dearly departed, greatest voice of all, Whitney Houston, passed away in 2012. So her last album, the comeback album, was in 2009. One of the songs she had on that album was called um, Like I Never Left, featuring Akon, produced by Akon. Now, I say it was an act of God, but I saw it on, I think it was Yahoo.com, one of the major uh, websites at that time said, oh, she released a new song and it's with Akon. I'm thinking, hmm, Akon? At that time, I couldn't picture them two doing a song together. I don't even think I've heard this song. Yeah, it's called Like I Never Left. I'm going to listen to it as soon as we're done with this. It's one of my favorite songs because I felt like it was her personal letter to her fans because of all the struggles that she went through publicly. 
So when I heard the song, I thought it was beautiful and I had it posted on my blog. Little did I know, <laughs> I was getting credit for breaking that record. And I'm like, wait a minute, but I got it from a much more reputable website. And I'm not only that, I'm getting all this traffic for it, but you also got to be careful when you post stuff like that. You might get a cease and desist from a record label. Yeah. Which I've had cease and desist from Madonna and Britney. Those. And, really? And yes. <laughs> wow. Britney Spears. I was like, yes, thank you for the cease and desist because I did not know it was that popping until I got those cease and desist. And we're going to take your website down like Madonna is crazy with that. And that's oh why I said, if something of hers leak, I'm never going to mention it. <laughs> but, um, you know, with that said, it was for Whitney. And people were like, how did you get it? And you don't even my own friends. And I'm like, I got it from Yahoo. <laughs> I'm thinking if Yahoo posted it, it's okay. They're credible. Yeah. I'm just a blogger. Because yeah. I'm sure you, you might have heard of this when you're not the yahoos and the people.coms oh you're just a blogger you're just a podcast you're not howard stern or yeah. you know all of this other stuff so you know with that said and i don't even know what the point was so now that i just went off into that tangent it's just you know with that whole just being yourself and just being true to your voice Absolutely. I, I tell you the greatest Output not it's not just me putting out the content and I get. I remember a couple of um, uh, posts I've done at the end of 2014, over 8,000 likes on Facebook, 100,000 views all together. But no, when people tell me I like your voice because it's authentic, I could tell you're really passionate mm-hmm. about what you're saying, mm-hmm. and even because there's certain things like I will not say. And those who know me closely, just like, I won't go there because either I feel like that's not a point, for instance, like maybe something political. I'd rather keep to myself because I don't want to divide. I don't want people to not be upset with me because that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't want that kind of voice to be influenced. Yeah. And to me, and also at the same time, it doesn't matter. So the kind of content that I do put out, especially when it's LGBT related, I really want to empower. I really want to give a voice to the people who can't get on. Let's say if you're black and LGBT, you can't get on Ebony. Let's say if you're just LGBT, you can't get on Huffington Post or or even Query or After Ellen or, you know, all these other sites. Mm-hmm. Because we see it, even with the own LGBTQ yeah. community that are so popular, if you're not Ella DeGeneres, if you're not Matt Bomer or Neil Patrick Harris or Wanda Sykes or Frank Ocean, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, We matter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I noticed, especially in these last 18 months in particular, when I started posting people who I do know or people who I've watched on social media and stuff is that when they share it when they're friends and people love it and that's when I noticed in 2015 in particular and I mean this has been going on for a while and I see it going into 2016 Mm -hmm. and years to come that we want to see people like us yes we love the people who paved the way and 
who became the celebrities and stuff like that. But when I see you two here in New York and you got a podcast where you just started, what, a few years, a few months ago? I would say yeah, a few months. Almost yeah. a year ago. Let's yeah. say almost a year ago. And then what if you end up getting a mention in Huffington Post? Oh, wow. Amazing. You know, they didn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. From so, your mouth to everyone's ears. Yes, it gets everybody... A lot of content that I find is by accident. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. It's by accident. I don't search toughly on Google or any other search engine or Facebook and stuff. And so some of the times when I post stuff because of stuff I find and like, it's a organic, godsend thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just that cool. I mean, I feel like more and more there's more exposure to... At least, like, talking about pop culture, people in Hollywood coming out, for example, like, Miley Cyrus, and, like, (laughs) things like of that such as well, like, and then there's another actress, I forget her name. Oh, Kara. Kara, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Well, yeah, Delavine. Well, yes, her, but then there's another, I I do love her, There's, (laughs) there's another actress who's... She's not that great and a little unforgettable. Apparently, she... Are you talking about the one who used to be a supermodel? No. Patricia of The Last Quiz? No. I think she did, like, vampire things. Oh, no. I thought you were talking about um, the one who's dating Rosie O'Donnell right now. Oh, who was that? Not Jodie Foster. What's her name? Oh, I love Jodie Foster. You guys are up on The chick who won... She's, like, the youngest ever to win an Oscar. Ellen? No. The youngest. Like, she was from some family... And then she got into the Tatum O'Neill. Tatum O'Neill. I don't even know. Oh, oh, I you didn't know. know. And I'm no. gossiping, but no. this, is no. this is cool gossip. This is LGBT <laughs> gossip, okay? This ain't what you want Wait, is dating Rosie O'Donnell? Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? And I say, allegedly, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah. But yeah, um, I'm sorry. No, I mean, but, no, it was... <laughs> I just feel like it's more and more, at least like people in Hollywood are coming out as LGBT. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Or do you have thoughts? I do. At all? I definitely do. Do you um, want to share them or no? <laughs> no, and I don't mind sharing because hmm, it's one of those that I don't mind sharing on this platform. I've been asked this on like print before yeah. and I have to be careful what I type. Yeah. I figure it's better for me to say it versus type it. And this is what I have to say. Um, I don't have a black and white answer to that one. Yeah. The gray area is that on the positive side, we have more people and I don't want to say role models, but we have yeah. more exposure exposure in a way. Yeah. to the mainstream society yeah. that we could be anything. We are the actors. Yeah. We are the basketball players. We are the football players. We are the singers. We are the models. We are the politicians, because I don't want to keep everything entertainment. Well, yeah. We are the politicians, the teachers, the, the astronauts, lawyers, and everything. The, the lawyers. Thank you. Yeah. So we're all of that. But my caveat in 2015 in particular is does coming out as a celebrity really matter anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Because the three of us, we come out to our family members. We've come out to 
our constituents, our um, our maybe neighbors, and you know, coworkers and such. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that it's no longer a surprise, but coming out as a celebrity when we have everyday people like us and those who are listening to this podcast. I don't understand. And then I look at recently we have a Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. Um, where that pill was not easy for me to swallow. Not in a negative way, but in a I'm still trying to figure out where do I stand kind of way. Yeah. Because I, I welcome everybody in the LGBT community. But with that one in particular, um, oh, excuse me, with her in particular, I don't want to offend anybody with the pronouns because yeah. I didn't mean it in that way. When I say that one, I kind of mean in the shady as in the whole topic. Just, yeah. Um, we got you. And that's why I have to say it, in, it verbally instead of in print. Because with her situation, she comes from a family whose fame and business is built on tabloidal type topics Mm -hmm. so it makes sense like that's the next almost like payday for her not to like not to put it out I mean I think coming out for anyone it doesn't matter who you are is a really hard thing and it is a struggle and it's a challenge Yeah, I mean for people that it's not then awesome like that's great but I would say majority speaking it's it doesn't matter who you are it is challenging but yes that because people look at her like oh it's privilege i don't look at the whole privilege i just look at what family she's representing and they are built on tabloids yeah so i'm thinking is that uh yeah marketing or whatever you call it you know is this something to keep that family relevant again or is this something true yeah let's say if caitlin or let's say if she was from the Hilton family or you know some other family that we all know the Osbournes or something like that that could be an easier pill for me to swallow because I don't see the Osbournes or even the Hiltons for that matter that's you know everything about them is all about grabbing a headline because they have nothing else going on for themselves exactly you know and and also too I just thinking wow you know sports legend I mean, it's hard for me to find yeah, honesty yeah. within that. I agree. I mean, yeah. I do. I mean, again, like as I said this before, like I am an optimist and I think any exposure is good exposure. But the fact that, you know, like we were talking this before we started recording that as Caitlyn Jenner is a role model. OK, well, that's only one image of one trans woman. There's many and of trans men and like anyone. There's multiple faces. But just to say like oh yes we accept the trans community like it's more than that and you know like what like not scares me but it's like it makes me precautious is that you know like somebody more like in middle America that you know does follow the Jenners and accepts Caitlyn Jenner for who she is but then goes to Walmart and sees like a a transgender woman that does not look like Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, yeah. Who then, you know, what kind of thoughts then, I guess the whole psychology behind that 
are you really fully accepting mm. everyone in the trans community or is it just like this particular image so i mean i guess like that can that's... i give you guys an exclusive <laughs> because i've kept this bottled up for so long yeah here's my thing about the transgender community and i'm having a interview with one popular figure in the trans community to get to the bottom of this for me mm-hmm. as somebody who's not in the trans who doesn't identify as trans just like I probably get the kind of questions from heteros about me being gay. When it comes to trans, whether it's male to female, female to male, and this is where I remove myself from the label of being G and LGBTQ or LGB or whatever, is that I'm having a hard time comprehending the T when the person who identifies as the T doesn't do the gender transitioning to, and let's just say Caitlyn Jenner, if she still has the male body parts, Mm -hmm. you know, that um, she was quote unquote born with. I say she because that's out of respect for the person wanting to be called, but still in my brain, in my understanding, I still don't get it. I know trans women, and one of them who I will interview on the G-List um, soon, hopefully, uh, we've talked about it, is I want that understanding is you want me to call you a woman, but below the waist you still have male anatomy. Right. I mean, for me, I think it's more how you identify with personally, and it doesn't necessarily go to anatomically. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, I understand. But I mean, there, I also have a lot of additional questions for like the trans community. So please reach out to us because, um, you know, it's something that, you know, like Janine and I like constantly have conversations of that. I mean, I also, I need to do my back end research on it. But yes, I would like to interview someone as well so i mean maybe i'll read your recap I, hey you. i know there's people especially here i know like shout out to my girl mariah different. lopez yeah. um she's not the one who i want to interview but i actually should interview her soon but you know people like mariah lopez who's been on um national hip-hop radio talking about trans lives i thought that was such a groundbreaking moment and she and i actually she is the reason why i really want to have my own interview about this stuff because it's to help me i don't the reason why i express how i feel about the quote-unquote trans women and yes i'm throwing quote-unquote because that's just how i see it until i have that conversation of for my understanding is that you know for those who say i'm a woman but you still have a male male anatomy from down below i need to understand that because yes i understand the feeling Mm -hmm. and another thing i've never said publicly but when i was a young kid i kind of felt feminine girly Mm -hmm. you know i like i throw a towel on my head pretend i had long hair or whatever but I, and it's weird because knowing that back then, and I look at, you know, the trans women of today, and I'm thinking, how come I didn't become trans? Or how come I don't identify as trans after 39 years? Mm-hmm. You know, but um, 
But, you know, that's the kind of conversations for my own understanding because I'm not saying this to be ignorant or hateful. Yeah. It's just, well, not ignorant in a negative way, but ignorant as in I want to gain understanding. Which I don't think is ignorance at all because you're open and willing to understand. You just need to, like, hear the right... And I'm stuck, and and that's why I tell people people I'm stuck on that because... Even even something that and I'm just publicly saying it for the first time here, I think, where those who are closest to me, especially fellow bloggers and stuff, where I had this conversation with a few years ago, I used to be what I consider transphobic because honestly, and if I'm going to be as honest and authentic as people say I am as a blogger, I should say it in this interview, a few years ago... I just did not understand and did not want to understand transitioning to another gender. Not because, and I didn't want to compare it to, oh, well, you're gay. And because I didn't, I was one of those. I said, oh, no, 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 no. LGBT, I didn't come up with that. That was made up. I mean, I see T as gender identification, I see LGBT as sexual orientation. I didn't put that together. I understand Stonewall and all that stuff, but I don't have to put that together. But where I am now in 2015 is not about being open-minded. It's just me being a responsible human being by saying, you know what? We all are different. We all are individuals in our own way. We all want to be accepted for who we feel we are. So for those who I don't understand, I can ask questions, but not judge. And so, you know, when I talk about the male anatomy or even the female anatomy for trans men, it's just to help me understand Besides, yes, I could have that conversation with you two, but you're not trans. I could have that conversation yeah, with men, you know, other people that are LGB, but they're not trans. I want to have, I will have that conversation with trans and just say, look, without, because this is also whether you're LGBTQ, X, Y, and Z, <laughs> what we need to do, and, and this is what I tell folks in our LGBTQ community, is that just because people don't understand or question, don't jump to the defense that people are saying this to judge you, to demean you, because if we're not calling you out of your names or you know doing all kinds of judgments you don't do that to the people you understand because you're pushing people away who really want to embrace you but want to know why they embracing you instead of just saying oh i'm just being inclusive yeah yeah i mean i think sexuality is a very complex thing and absolutely and it is an expression of oneself and everyone's different so i think there are a lot of questions and i think just even in the trans community in itself just like everyone like person to person gay straight trans whatever everyone's different everyone sees it in a different way and exactly in that questions need to be asked but in like an open and non-defensive way and the person that's being asked the questions need to hear it in that way so Mm -hmm. i mean and it gets tricky because i mean it's very personal and a lot of people asking those questions don't necessarily understand where you're coming from like I mean I get that all the time even at work like people want to know my personal life and I'm just like 
I don't feel comfortable about talking about it because I know that person necessarily won't understand like where I'm coming from so it's like I'm not even going to waste my breath with that which I mean is it's ignorance in myself and it's something like that I'm still growing to like explain and to like I guess be out with everyone specifically at work but But also it's a trust thing it's a trust thing and I think a lot of people are ignorant and can't fully understand and even if you don't understand it's okay it's acceptance i think especially like within the lgbt community i mean because there's some things you know like you might not understand about person b about their sexuality but who cares because it's like but you can accept it and it doesn't matter and i think that's why and we're not just our we sexuality. are lgbtq yeah. because it we're not just that and and it is so complex and yes we keep adding letters because <laughs> we are complex people and we are a community but at the same sense that's what's so great about the LGBTQXYZ community is that we're many people and it's like and it is a strong voice and like together you build that and grow that and you are one voice even though there's complexities within us so I think that's great I mean I can't wait to see that interview and there's a couple trans people we would like to reach out to and um, if you are and you would like to be interviewed and ask lots of questions that are (laughs) non-judgmental from us we would like to know, so please contact us. Kind of with that, I mean, do you want to discuss maybe any struggles you had with coming out or kind of like your story? I mean, you kind of touched briefly on it when we first started our discussion. Any feedback, ins- words well, of inspiration? I mean, as far as coming out, my initial coming out, if you want to say, was um, in 1999. Um... <laughs> The very first person I came out to was my dad. And um, he's my namesake. He's a senior. And um, so even though I felt like the closest to him outside of my grandmother, at that time, I was 22, turning 23, we bumped heads quite a bit. We, We bumped heads quite a bit. Part of it has to do with I didn't grow up with him, so I was resentful towards dad, even though we're trying to build a relationship. The family dynamics at that time was just topsy-turvy to describe it best. But when it got to me coming out, I came out to him in a way I wish I could do it over again, and this is why. I was in a relationship with a guy for a year, almost, well, no, two and a half years. I was uh, off and on for two and a half years. It was, <laughs> it was. Young um, love. <laughs> young love, young on my end. He was 19 years older. So, but um, if I could impart anything to this young generation is trust your instincts because I didn't trust mine and I was heartbroken severely. Needless to say, within that, uh, I'm say within a few weeks of that breakup, I decided to come out to my dad while we weren't on the best of terms. As in, you know what? I'm coming out to you. I don't give a f about how you feel. Uh, I'm your son, your only child. What are you gonna do? Deal with it. Yeah. That's pretty much <laughs> how I wanted to. Or how, the intention at the same time. 
it was kind of a cry for help, even though yeah. I didn't understand it. Not a cry for help as in, oh, I'm gay. But as in, okay, I'm sharing a piece of Maybe, myself yeah. with you. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Let's stop, you know, being on edge with one another and try to be right. And, you know, it's a lot more to that dynamic. If you've grown up in a, let's say, a step family situation, you probably would relate. Regardless... I was surprised at my dad's reaction. He told me, well, he threw up that whole God thing. Yeah, you know, I I don't think it's really of God. You're my son, though, and I love you. I just want to make sure you're safe and you're good, good, da 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 And I'm just like, well, okay, thank you. I was like, surprise. Because I was waiting for another argument or, you know, kick me out the house type thing. I was yeah. ready. Yeah. Because uh, I was already on my way out. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I, was, I already had an exit plan. And, but we got into an argument a week later about some trivial stuff like we always got into because of the whole family dynamic at the time. Thankfully, in 2015, we've forgiven each other. Right, Dad. Right, yeah. Stepmom. Right, everybody. But um, <laughs> we've forgiven everybody. We've forgiven one another. But back then, we weren't in that in that mind space, and we fell out about something. My dad threw it at my face, and I was done with them. F you. I'm already on my way out. Da da da. And that really bothered me, not for where I harbored on those feelings, but I didn't want anything to do with them. The next person I came out to was my then best friend, Shanitra. Um, she was my sister, my ride or die girl, all of that stuff. And I came out to her and I really felt loved by her response. Like, it's funny though, growing up. I was teases, being a girl, being gay, all of this other stuff, before I even knew what the word gay was. Yeah. And I was a tough kid. You Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words, please. As long as you don't put your hand in my face, you could call, you could call me the worst of the worst names of all time. Just don't touch me. So, um, you know, so with that said, when I realized, oh, yeah, I do... Well, now I just got out of a relationship. I really am attracted to men. Um, and so when I came out to her, she was like, well, I was wondering, especially since you've been secretive about things. <laughs> when I dated females, it was like I was kind of sloppy with my love life with women. But with guys, I was so secretive and yeah. stuff. And, she, and I was like, wow, you really paid attention. And I love people who really pay attention to my mannerisms. The one thing I hated about her coming out to her and a couple other people at that time, they were trying to hook me up with guys like I would not be attracted to. Like, no. Or ask me about celebrities. Oh, do you think at that time, who was it? Puff Daddy, do you think he's hot? And I was like, I don't want to have those conversations. I'm just telling you about my sexuality. Yeah. So then, you know, throughout life, I thought, you know, just coming out around people who I knew would be fine. But then there was this time where I had to come out in my own way in the workplace. You know, just because I was at one job for six years. And again, my love life, I don't make it public or even even my closest friends. They know I'm gay. They know I'm gay. I don't tell them who I'm dating. I mean, when people know I'm in a relationship, that's different. I don't announce it. They see it. 
That's how that works. So when I'm dating around or just being a single playboy or just don't want to date anybody, period, I don't care to really have those kind of conversations. So when it came around to my work, people felt like they really needed to get to know me. And ever since I was a little kid, my defense mechanism for people to get into my um, business, my personal business, and for all you who are listening to this podcast, <laughs> you might want to take notes. If you're one of those, whether you feel like you have lots of skeletons in your closet or you just don't want people up in your business, overshare. That's what I feel like, you know, what what could keep people out of my business was just overshare about things that probably wouldn't even matter to them. And they think, oh, well... He just brags a lot or he just talks about himself a lot or I already know this about him. Nothing else is interesting. Great. (laughs) Because I'm sure you guys notice the people that may be in your circles or whether you grew up, the ones who who try to hide the most. Those are the people that everybody else try to pry into their business. So when I saw that happening, especially with gossip is, you know, a part of this game. I figure if I overshare, then I'm telling you too much. Well, you don't want to know nothing else about me. You're sick of hearing things about me. But no, people wanted to know about my love life. (laughs) And I did come out to, um, I was working at one company in Chicago for six years. And maybe after four or five years, I came out in, you know, like, even even people know about me in my current workspace. It's just like for me, it's just a matter of fact. It's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. And even when I say it's a matter of fact, I could care less. I really don't even care to talk about it. If you know, yeah, you know. People say it shouldn't matter. It really shouldn't matter. But you know what? Now I'm at a point. I'm probably out to most of New York because you Google me something about some little incident that happened in Dallas BBQ. <gasps> oh my God, you're that guy. You're that guy who was on Cocker and New York Times and Channel 2. I'm like, Wait, what? I need to Google this. <laughs> yes, that's nah, me. So, so that's a good segue, actually. So to wrap up, do you feel that it was it difficult for you to be out when you decided to change sort of over your blog into a more gay LGBT focus and sort of where do you see yourself and uh, Vigila Society in the next say five years? Well just coming out it wasn't purposely like oh I'm coming out it's more so just going from my heart to my brain to my fingers Yeah, that's really what this is all about my passion is to give a platform to other people in the community especially like you know the black people in the community because i hear like friends or constituents complain about oh we're not here we're not there and i'm not one of those who complain if i could be a part of a solution or the whole solution Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do it so that was that was that when people find out about it they just find out I'm at that point, and I'm not even 40 yet, but I heard when people say when you're in your 40s, you just don't care anymore about what people think about you and stuff like that. And I said, well, I think I've been like that for a few years. But I get it. Even as I get older and I'm I'm living, 
Yeah. You know, I am living. And if anything I could share with you guys and the people who are listening to this podcast and the younger generation in particular, especially the younger generation, because for the last two to three years in particular, I've embraced some people mostly in Chicago of the younger generation between I met them like some of them when they were like 19 and as old as 24 25 years old that be who you are authentically doesn't mean like if you're gay or lesbian or trans bi that doesn't mean you have to yeah. wear a shirt that says hey yeah. I'm bi hey I'm a lesbian <laughs> you don't have to do that it's just be confident walking your daily walk yeah. if you feel like talking about gay and lesbian issues talk about gay and lesbian issues if you feel like talking about women issues talk about women issues black issues whatever talk about it because it's from your heart not mm-hmm. because you saw naked inside out do it you not because you <laughs> saw g-list society talking about it not because you saw your um friends or the uh, perez hilton talk about it do it because you want to and as a person who's been out and people who notice and follow me when i hear that word um authenticity mm-hmm. or any form of that word described about me oh my god even during the days when i don't feel like blogging when i want to give up or when i feel like oh it's just too much when i hear that word not and not even in the present tense but when i hear it in my mind replayed and replayed that's that ammunition that gets me to go there yeah. so where i see myself um in the future um Let's just say within the next year in particular, I'm stepping it up as far as profiling the yous and the me's in the community. And and I love the word me's because I've heard that in New Jersey. (laughs) The yous and the me's. But I do mean that plural, you know, and um and and just like who are the podcasters? I ran into another podcast. They're gay men, but it's not LGBT specific. So shout out to the, I think it's called the Mariah Lamb podcast. <laughs> yes, I'm a lamb. So when they followed me on Twitter, and I was shocked to hear their, I listened to their 47 minute podcast straight through. I was just so excited. I'm like, ah, oh, lambs, and they live here in New York too. So I can't <laughs> we'll wait to meet to you guys. Them there. Yes, so they're crazy, like. Crazy as in, okay, all y'all talking about is Mariah, but I love it. Um, I won't do that. But, you know, it's just, with that said, it's so many different voices. Um, You know, one of my categories, yes, it, I do want to focus on black people in the LGBT community. So my, I have this list every year since 2012 called the um, Power 100, the Black LGBTQ list. So it's coming out um, the second Tuesday of um December, so I couldn't wait to share with everybody. And then, you know, my women couples, male couples, I just started that last year. That's my annual thing now. And hey, that's what I'm saying. So that's, and I'm telling people, and, and I love it when people get upset when I don't mention them. I said, well, you know what? Put yourself on my radar now. Yeah. So then that way I don't forget about you because I write notes. I'm not a typer of everything. I am somewhat, but I write notes because I look at this stuff and I'm like, let me follow up and see what they got going on and stuff. And so, and that, like, again, this is not the Ella DeGeneres and the Tim Guns and the, 
the Daniels and the Wanda Sykes of the world. This is the yous and the me's. Yeah. And so five years from now, I want that, but I want it to be even global because the one thing, I look at the after Ellens and the queerities and shut me up whenever you want me to because I can talk about this all night and day. And I look at the after hours, the queerities, the advocates, the owls, the um, divas, the all of these other online ma- magazines or media and stuff like that. I see content that they're not utilizing and they already have the money yeah. that I don't yeah. have. They have the advertising, the following, the business relationships that I don't have. But God damn it. It's, you might have to bleep that. I'm sorry. Yeah. But damn it. I... I see the opportunities because we are multi-dimensional. Why can't we be multimedia? So yeah. that's the five-year plan right I there. Awesome. I, love, I think that's your tagline right there. Yes. yes. I love that. I don't like being boxed, even though I am. I don't want to be labeled yes. either. Like, come on. I mean, our emphasis. I'm a lot more complex than that. I'm a yes. complex creature. Because, like, look, I mean, hey, you guys out there, Janine and I work together. So, I love her says, I love her. Are you originally from New York? Originally from New Jersey. Jersey! Well, yes. Alright, but she, she gives me New York and New Jersey, so it's like, we're so multi-dimensional. We're not just one of those five or 26 letters. You know, we're also other things. We're sassy. We're, we're urban we're contemporary we're young we're modern we're bold bold <laughs> even old-fashioned we're naked inside and out <laughs> you know so we're all of that great well thank you so much for coming on weedy it was great do you want to plug anywhere where our viewers can find you website yes. twitter email um if anyone has any questions here's your time to give us that information we'll also have it um, on the website as well First of all, thank you ladies for having <laughs> thank me. Thank you. This has been fun. I ran my mouth so much, so I'm going to try to keep this short. <laughs> Check me out on the blog. That's where it all begins, people. The G-List Society. The web address is glistsociety.com. The social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, is The G-List Society. Instagram is my personal one. Excuse me, even though I... Even though it's public, it's worldwide weighty, W-A-D-D-I-E. I should transfer that over to the G list just to keep everything in sync, because as a Virgo, I like to keep things in sync. <laughs> but whatever. Um, and then other than that, if you want to contact me, I am, like I said, I'd love to feature you listeners, um, especially if you have something outstanding, a business, art, whatever it is. Go to the contact page. I'm not giving my email address out because I want to know that you pay attention to my website like, like my lovely divas have to, uh, on this show. Um, look for me. My email address is on there. Janine found it. So, hey, find it. Email me. Tell me about yourself. And we will move on from there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Amazing. And, of course, as always, to all our listeners... Shout us out. Give us some feedback. Let us know what your thoughts are on Twitter, Facebook, and or email us at hello at nakedinsideout.com. Also, uh, if you can rate us, it'd be great in the iTunes store. Just right underneath our podcast, you'll see a bunch of stars. You can rate us. That'd be great. Until next time, everyone. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.